Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is Monday, 8 p.m., which means only one thing. It is the online darts live lounge with me, Phil Bars, Jack Cobby Garwood. And Lee Boyce, and we have got an interesting few hours in store for you. I know there's going to be a few talking points. It may get a little bit heated, and no doubt at some point we will talk absolute nonsense. Gentlemen, good evening. <laughs> Pray for no war. <laughs> good evening. Hello. I don't know what you're talking about us getting heated. <laughs> evening, uh, evening, evening, evening. Few, Phil, few hours? Couple of hours. Plus added on time. Plus Fergie time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a dark show. We're not allowed to talk any minor reference to football. Why not? If we didn't do it one week, let's do it this way. Uh, we're allowed to do it this week, apparently. I quote Lee, it's the first time all three of our teams have won on the same weekend in a long, long time. So I don't mind it tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute. But bragging rights for me and Gob. How did your Premier League selection do, Boise? Still football, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome along, everyone in the chat room. As always, uh, Owen, Andrew, um, Tobias, welcome along. Jack, Philip, hope you are all good. Daniel, Joe, Chip, of course. Laura is in. And Maisie, welcome along. Um, Kieran, Craig, Harry, hope you are doing well, mate. Uh, Paul, Daniel, Connor is all in. Oh, it's going to be an absolute buzzing Monday. I cannot wait for this, boys. Literally, so much to it's talk about. the show started. On. The poll's gone from nine votes to 51, like that. Uh, again, if you haven't, <laughs> make sure you drop us a like as well and subscribe to Online Darts. There is absolutely loads coming up in the next few weeks, and I mean loads. Uh, uh, we have a bit of a pre-show meeting, and um, dates are um, dates are going to be tight, boys. Just a uh, little. If people like the stream more, we could do this full time. Them the rules. <laughs> uh, Henry <laughs> in. Um, Henry, um, there'll be some stuff going in the chat later, mate, as well. So keep an eye out. Um, we're just ch chatting about dates and 
and everything like that. Um, but we are going to start with the Premier League. Let's go straight in. Mace is there as well. He says, um, well, where do we think Price's performance stands in, in terms of one of the all-time great performances? Look, let's, let's just dive straight in. How goddamn good was going Price last week? Statement sent to everyone that the world number one has well and truly got his teeth into 2022 after a lacklustered start, boys. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit good last week, wasn't it? It was just sustained brilliance. The like of which I, I genuinely don't think we've ever seen a performance like that on the same evening because no other tournament is really structured in this way. Normally, when a player's in, in good form, there's a couple of days between your quarterfinals, your semifinals, and then your final. So you get a moment to admire the brilliance, then you talk about it a little bit more, and then you go again, and then you see another game and go, oh, he's been brilliant the last two. We didn't really get a chance to dissect any of those games in that detail because of the way the new Premier League format works. So it's bang, bang, bang. Holy Christ, what an average. Um, superb performance from him throughout the entire night. Yeah, look, and just that picture there, first of all, we'll, we'll use that before we dive into to the action. But, Boise, Bully Boy must be scratching his head right now. We'll come on to Price in more detail because of, of what he did. And he's, look, the semi-final is one of the games of the season already and may take some beating. Uh, but, Michael Smith must be scratching his head right now. Yeah. Last, well, last week we was talking about we was worried with him not getting a win and him not performing to the levels we'd seen him get to the World Championship final. Um, but we certainly saw a performance from him and then he comes up with then Sterling Price of leading into this week's Premier League was in outstanding form average-wise and then to put in those level of performances across uh, those three games and doing something outstanding in each of those three games but if you take them out he still played some sensational darts throughout the night and we've seen a lot of players throwing a you know a big fish or a nine dart or something and then i'm not to maintain them levels then throughout the night and he was just he was so special from price it's very very hard on bully boy very hard but hopefully we'll see him bounce back this week yeah i'm sorry next week sorry next week not this week um, obviously this is no premier league yeah Obviously, when he hit the first line data, we said in our chat, that's been coming. Because not just Gezi, Ando went close, Michael went close. There was just something in the air in Belfast that that was coming. Go. Yeah, and to be honest, he was probably not very close to the top of the list on players that I thought it was going to come for. MVG looked like he was that little bit sharper. James Wade's an absolute magnet for nine darters. Gary Anderson looked like he was on it. Peter Wright's got the tendency to pull one out, Michael Smith, etc. Gerwin Price is not really one of those players that's known for hitting nine darts. It took him so long to hit his first on the TV. And now he holds the record for hitting three in a calendar year. It's just it's just ridiculous how it, it came about. But there was just something brewing in the evening. Like, the only player that I think really disappointed, and I'm not even sure it was that, just in comparison to how he's played for the last couple of weeks, was the Joe Cullen performance. I think. And even that wasn't dreadful. Okay, it's 91 average and 3 out of 16 on the doubles. But in terms of, I think everybody on the night played their part all the way through it as well. It wasn't even just first round, then somebody dropped off. The players turned up, they played well, and they sustained it. Uh, there's another semi-performance in there that I'll, I'll talk on in a minute. And 
people might not like me, boys. God, you're not going to like me. But we'll, we'll, we'll go through the um, the night, first of all. Like we said, Darren Price averaging 108.56 in his opener to beat Michael Smith, who averaged 103.55. And that, boys, he set the tone for the night that when match one is like that, it just sparks yeah. everyone else into life. Yeah, without doubt, it, it, it did um, Thursday. But we could see early on from those performances... That, like I said, we had question marks against Michael Smith in this year's Premier League because of his opening two nights um, and the performances with him then not picking up a point. At least here we can take away a lot of confidence with that performance, averaging 103. Um, losing, obviously, to Derwin Price, who's finished it with the big fish. There's not much to do, but there's a huge, huge thing coming up in night four for Bully Boy. And if he doesn't collect any points then, there is a, a worry for me then if you see a, a winner who's not already won a night pick up night four, there could be a little dap appearing in that table. Um, and then there's a lot of pressure on Bully Boy each night then to go into potentially a final to pick up three or five points. So early pressure for Bully Boy to get into those playoff spots and we're only in night three. Uh, Marcus, we'll come on to that point in a second. Hold that thought. But then, not, then game two, Joe Cullen against MVG. Look, the averages, it wasn't the best of games, but the averages were wrecked by that one leg where neither of them could, could finish. Um, so it was slightly better than what the averages suggest, both 91, because over a race to 11, Gob, one horrendous leg, and it does you in. Yeah, it's a bit like when you play golf and you just you just score instead of playing a Stableford where you score points to the system. You play Stableford because it makes your, your entire round isn't ruined by one bad hole darts doesn't have an average like that it doesn't take out your best leg and your worst leg and then give you an average there's no statistical allowances in it it's just a little bit like that if you have one bad leg it can make it on paper look like a worse performance like three out of 16 and six out of 23 is is not great doubling by by any stretch of the imagination but it was still a little bit of a battle there were still the odd moments of of back and forth it wasn't a hundred percent both players just shutting off and going through the motions it was just that one leg that got that little bit edgy. Yeah, Philip nailed it on the head as well. We were talking about this in the press room, that Michael Smith has lost to every eventual winner so far as well. So, the omens um, the omens for Smithy um, beat him and you go on and win it. But moving on, this is, this is the one that might be unpopular opinion. Gary Anderson lost 6-4 to Peter Wright. However, that Gary Anderson average... And scoreline was glossed over for me by two good legs when he went back to back 180s in them both. Other than those spurts of genius, the, the, the average was was low 90s. There was a lot of pushing and, and pulling, and I think those two legs papered up, paper over some of the cracks. Two weeks in a row, I think Gary Anderson was bitterly disappointing. Yeah, I can, I can see that. There's. It's hard to look at it because he's still firing them Then two 180s does back to back. He was the one who, as Dob was saying, Price was fairly low down on the list of it in the nine darts in a few of our uh, minds. And Anderson was up there and I still felt there was something special. There was that one leg where he went back to back, but then right when and won it in 12, led 10, I think it was. Yeah, he, um, he, went, he went back to back and then it was it 28 or something stupid like that. It yeah. Was, it was a... And then right, right went on and, and won it in that leg. And I... There's just that one turning point in the game, and I think we will see Anderson back, as we said, for the we need to see him playing regular. Um, he missed that one event, 
previous weekend. Just need to see him playing as much darts as possible. Obviously, he's not in the Euro uh, Tournets weekend. But I think there is a win there very soon for me. I really do. It's just finding that one really outstanding performance and I think he'll push on and win it. <laughs> Who knows? He might need to play Michael Smith first round and then he'll go on and win it and he just needs that <laughs> element to be on his shoulders. But there is just there is still, for me, there is still something there. He hasn't been right. Um, but I think you are being a little bit harsh there, Mr. Boss. And I'm sure Dob agrees with me on this one. <laughs> I'm looking at Gary Anderson to say where I looked at Rob Cross in the last campaign and that he is not going to consistently produce a level that is going to flow through this field every single night. He's, he's looking okay. It's, it's B, C game stuff a lot of the time, but it's bringing up that B and C game to a steady level that makes him more competitive elsewhere. Rob Cross literally got beaten in the Premier League last year by averaging 95 for the entire campaign. I just didn't have it in those key moments. Gary's still losing it in a couple of those key moments. His, when the first trouble's in, still ridiculously good. It's just the loose darts that come afterwards. And I think where he has tinkered a little bit since the mm. back injury, he tried those shorter darts and, and everything else. I'm not sure if the setup 100% looked right for him last week either. I'm not sure if it was just the view I was looking at. Maybe there were slightly longer points the way they were jarring in. I'm, I'm not 100% certain what it was, but something looked off about Gary's setup and, and where the balance point in the dart then sits for the way that he releases it. Um, he's, he's just building up that big game. And look, playing against these guys week in, week out, he'll get there because he's too good not to get there. Oh, yeah, massively. Um, people in the chat room, we'll touch on Berlin at the end of this. So don't worry, we will touch on on that. Then, then the last game, again, prime wading um, in, in this one, got Johnny Clayton had an absolute stinker on the outer ring. And like many opponent in years gone by, if you have a mare on the outer ring, you get waded. Job done by the boy. <laughs> there were big, big concerns about James Wade heading uh, after week one. He, he's not been in a lot of form at all. But again, he's one that is building into this campaign now. This week, spoiler alert with what else goes on afterwards, would have been a big, big boost for James Wade because not only was he slightly better on the outer ring, I'm still not sure he's 100% set on his tops and tens like he should be or like we've come to expect of James Wade. That's still a massive, massive asset of his and I'm still not sure it's there 100%. Um, his scoring power this week, week was so much better. He looked like he wasn't lifting off the front foot as much. He wasn't chasing that dart as much. Um, the man still... One of the biggest criticism James Wade three to five years ago and before that was how um, reluctant he was to switch. And I wish he'd go back to it. I'd rather see him at 60s than 99s because then he has to prat around with the 18s and, and, and all sorts. And he is so much better when he can just stay at one target. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, the semi-final. Semi-final number one. Yeah. This is going to take some beating all year, boys, if we see a better game. 11 legs. 16 minutes, two ridiculous averages, and a nine data. Top that, Boise. Yeah, the, the one thing we've said and we've moaned about at the start of the format of this Premier League team, games repeated and played five, six times. If they are played to that level, I don't mind seeing it every week. I have an issue with it. I know the question marks all go back to it, but that, that game was just absolutely ridiculous. Full credit to MVG. Obviously, there's still question marks there about Michael, but 
there was just no stopping him. We, you said at the, the start of the show about was this one of the, the best single nights when you play multiple games? It's hard to disagree because we probably only see it on Euro Tour where you'd see these sort of games in one night. Um, but for me, it was just sensational from Derwin Price. I do feel for MVG, but it was just a special, special 11 leads. And obviously with a nine darter in lead five on the one, this was the one four four one, I believe. Uh, it was just special by Price. Yeah, um, what's what on the nine dar? I know it was the thing, but it was in the chat room earlier, Gob. On the one four one, going nineteens first is better because the switch isn't as bad. Going up, down, up, you're going <clears throat> down, up, across. I like that. Maybe I'd, I'd still go twenties first myself because you're so much more used to going twenties to nineteens as the switch. And the trebles are smaller. You've got to hit them before you get a chance to switch to the double 12. You can step back. You can take your time on the double. Whereas you miss that 19, you blow it all completely, don't you? you your, your muscle memory is so used to going 20s, 19s, then it is going back the other way. So, Do you think Do you think if Darry Anderson would have his um, data then, does he sit perfect twice, I believe? Do you think he would have changed his route in the 19s, Dob? No. Harry's <laughs> um, never going to do anything other than the this is the standard. The only the only yeah. remotely controversial things Gary ever does is tops tops and double eighteen tops or double eighteen double eighteen. Yeah. Um, before we come on to the second semi final, uh, Anthony, pleasure to have you on. He's popped in during his lunch um, dinner break. Thank you very much. Connor Scott is in. Is Connor? Are you still on holiday? If so, massive respect. He's there around the pool at the pool bar and he's got the live lounge on. Love that. Get on the telly box. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> Semi-final. Please let us number... know what country you in first in case we insult them. <laughs> Semi-final <laughs> number two. Um, James Wade averaging over... Oh, he's back. Oh, I've got a good break though, buddy. Um, James Wade averaging over a ton to beat Peter Wright 6-4. Now, this was a strange game to watch. Bearing in mind, we don't always have commentary in in the press room. It just seemed a very, very weird game. Good, but weird. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's still a performance from James Wade that I wasn't expecting. Even throughout the match, you just expected it to go Peter Wright's way. That's how he's got to the world position that he's in. That's how he's picked up a lot of the titles. In those killer moments, he has just had it. But the fact is, top checkout of the match was only 36 scoring was ridiculous from peter right but he just didn't have that that outside shot that that killer blow the one two two from wadey was was superb and wadey getting over the line and i think wadey needed this more than peter Wright. agreed yeah i i, I agree and we had some some wadey celebrations as well which was which was good that the, the the final was intriguing because Gezi's averaged 105 and during the middle spell of the game he couldn't buy a double he let James Wade did James Wade go 4-2 up or I made that up but I know there was a break in there where Gezi missed a load of doubles and it was like surely this can't happen because the the gap in the the averages was like the Grand Canyon it was absolutely monstrous and we've said it again Wade he was wading to, to his very best but Another nine's are, and the world number one was just irresistible, Woosie. Yeah, and 
even before that nine dart, there was I think that led before Wade had darts to do two nil in front, and even then you thought, well, how we played against Peter Wright, if he could have just stopped that um, that two nil lead, a bit of a touching, you thought then he could potentially push on. As you said, he had more opportunities as the game progressed, but and then the nine dart was just special. I was very surprised looking at the end of that and seeing that Price had averaged one five because of the amount of doubles um, he missed. It seemed to be a lot more than I thought. Very good from Wade. Very good performance from James Wade. Uh, as you know, I'm not a bit of fan as uh, as Dobbies of James Wade, but he ju- he's just fine. Premier League, uh, uh, being in the Premier League with nights like that for me. If he can continue that and still then push on, I think the problem being is, and I know it was mentioned quite a lot on social media, are we going to see this very often from Wade? Because if normally doesn't start a night well, then he's done. First few leads. It's been alluded to by uh, Dob, Joe, used to previously yourself, Phil. Then, then first few leads are so important to Wade, and if if he doesn't get going early on, you worry around the rest of this Premier League. But he, he done very well. But Derby Price was just sensational for Wade. It would have been unjust if he wouldn't have won <laughs> that night because of his performance across the three games. Just, just out of interest, um, who did you say we're going to win, Boise? Uh, a Welshman. Was it was it, was it that Welshman? <laughs> I've got a different one on my screen. However, however, I did say you get to the final. That's yeah. the only, only um, thing I'm holding on to. <laughs> and there we have... I'm not, I'm not convinced about these winners' pictures either at the moment, just in front of the Belfast or the Cardiff or the Liverpool side. Um the angles to get all of the sponsors in where they weren't in the previous ones either. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, not, not, not convinced about the um about the winners. One, someone's no. asked. We'll talk about the table as well. So after three nights, Johnny Clayton leads the way from Gathering Price, Peter Wright, James Wade, Michael Van Gogh, Joe Cullen, Gary Anderson, and Bully Boy Michael Smith. It's getting. It's getting a little bit, a little bit tense at the top now. Big up suits is in the chat room as well. Hope you are well, buddy. Um, top four, obviously, there's still plenty to play for. With five points on offer per night, this table can swing around very, very quickly. Um, not like just the, the two points. I, I quite like what they've done with the point system because if it's only two, maybe three, it's hard to to turn stuff around but with five on offer for winning it things can spin very quickly gob yeah and i think that's what's going to keep michael smith and, and gary anderson in particular going in these early phases knowing that they're one or two good weeks away from turning it around completely they don't have to sustain it for the next eight to ten weeks to make that charge they can do it in two weeks and, and be top of the table almost it's not quite maybe yeah from- from Michael Smith's point of view, just 10 points. Yeah, Johnny Clayton's not picking up twice. But yeah, I mean, they, they can turn it around very, very quickly and be back in contention with a good trip to the cow shed and then staying down on the south coast. The fact the next two, plus UK Open, is all in Gary Anderson's neck of the woods-ish. <clears throat> Should play into his hands as well. They're not, they're not bad toys as well when you're always playing against Dob, if you add to that, he's two toys over then James Wade and Michael Smith. 
Brighton still four sorry, hours Phil. from sorry, Brighton still four hours from Ando's. It's along the south coast. It's a pretty good drive. But it's um yeah, it's still <laughs> still south coast. Um so that was night number three in Belfast. I I'll tell you what as well, the landing on Friday was was a bit jazzy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, rather you than me. We didn't see you on Big Jet yeah. TV, unfortunately. No, honestly, that landing in YouTube channel was a little bit overnight. <laughs> was, was, overnight has just eclipsed us. Yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> it was it, it was a little bit fruity coming home. Um, but there, people asking why there is no Berlin this week. Berlin has been moved due to COVID restrictions in Germany. Um, they're only allowed a maximum, I might get this wrong, but it's somewhere in the vicinity of two, two and a half thousand people inside at the moment. And when the Mercedes-Benz Arena holds, I think it's about 15,000, with a large, large majority of that sold out, it's not really going to cut it. That's why the Euro Tour is still happening, because it falls within the, the, the guidelines. So that's why Risa is, is still on. Um, we'll talk about the Euro Tour um, shortly, but that wraps up the Premier League from Belfast. Moving on, it was all eyes on the Young Guns. In it was Wigan, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Question: We didn't look that much into it. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. So. We'll come on to a much-talked-about subject at the end of this, but we're going to go through the five development tours because it kicked us off. Um, and Bradley Brooks starts with a win against Christopher Holt in event number one. But some some usual suspects in and around. Sebastian Bilalecki, Nathan Rafferty, um, Gob, some, some recognisable names. But it is Bam Bam who picks up the, the title. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Christopher Holt, but everybody else going put to that last 16-ish. Good to see Leighton Bennett getting involved. Um, last 16 there, losing out to Bradley Brooks, 4-3 actually with a better average. Um, but yeah, look, this field is absolutely stacked. Superb win from, from Bradley Brooks, who had an incredibly consistent weekend. Um, pretty solid all around, which is why he finds himself where he is in the table. Um, but yeah, just a, just a great start from Bradley. Sets out his stall for the year, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, a, a notable name that people within the the, the fraternity know, um, Justin Hewitt from Gibraltar, getting to a quarterfinal as well. Um, much talked about, very talented. So that's a, a good quarterfinal for him, Boise. Yeah, very good quarterfinal for him. Um, Zonneveld as well, another name that's in there. Quite a few recognisable names in there tour card holders in there um one for me the the one i was very the one i was interested about early on was looking at the uh progression of people like you eat light and benny and seeing they who's very good to see light and benny there to the last 16. a lot of pressure on his shoulders i would say going into this year there's been a lot of hype for previous years so to see him going to that first one and that to the last 16 and, and losing to the eventual finalist and um, good start for later Absolutely. And then event number two, Irish eyes were certainly smiling in this one. 
Keen Barry edging out Connor Heenan, um, 5-4. We've seen Connor on the live league. We all know what, what Keen Barry can do. Um, but for those that are asking, yes, it is Dimitri's, is it youngest brother or certainly one of the youngest was in the last 16. I don't know which way around they are, but it is one of his younger brothers, yeah. Certainly not older than Demetrius. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No. Bianni's beaten me on the devil before, so he must be a couple of years younger than him at least. Yeah. Um, but um, with Jared Cole in the in the semi-finals as well, Dom Taylor making um, a last a last eight, Neil Zonneveld. Um, but again, special final. Um, obviously, we all know what Keen Barry can do. Um, but I was pleased for Conor Heenahan as well because he put, he's put in some good performances on the live league as well. Have we switched it back now to Team Barry? Is he now on the Barry team? No, he's won a title That's Barry after they've him his real name. <laughs> uh, Barry team. Matt's not here, yeah, is he? It, it was uh, another one. He, he's expected to have a good run on the Dev Tour. Uh, Tonner, we've seen, as you've mentioned, on the live league. So, seeming an all-Irish final. Couple of other names in there. Dom Taylor, we saw have a, a very good uh, back in the last year on the uh, Dev Tour. Jared Toll, as we've seen, picked up what was a the Mad World title. Is he now, still the ADC? Is it ADC? He's, he's still the global champ, yeah. Yeah, still the global champ. So, and another another quarterfinal for Zonneveld. So, a few names in there that was there now about Light and Benny, another last 16. So, uh, another impressive. Day for some of the youngsters that we've keeping an eye off. Tuz, they've shown us so much previously. Yeah, uh, also as well, uh, Mark has said in there that the Czech Republic flag has yes. been flying a lot as well with Adam Gowalas and Thomas Hudek. I hope I haven't butchered his name too much. Um, Gob, I know it's, we kept an eye on this during Q School and, and that is good to see these little regions developing, the Czech Republic, Poland, Ireland as well. There's some little pockets developing right now. Yeah, the only one that seems to be lacking behind a little bit comparative to their men's game at the minute is the Welsh. Uh, Cavan Phillips made top 16. Um, the youngster Riley Reese Tucker just coming off the JBC. He looks a superb prospect as well. But yeah, they haven't quite got the the back end at the minute, the Welsh. They haven't quite got it on lockdown yet. Got everything else. And then we see Louis Williams yeah. at the final the following day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so it was Brooks and Barry who took the spoils on day one. Moving on to day two, the man that took Q School by storm from Northern Ireland, Josh Rock, being Louis Williams in the final, and Anna Gowlas making the semi-final um, as well. Hudek is getting to a quarter-final. Bradley Brooks, Nathan Rafferty, Keelan Kay. There's a pattern developing here, Boise One, which I know we're going to talk about once we've gone through the results. Um, but a very dominant final from two exceptional talents. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard not to mention what we're going to come to at the end. But the the what we saw this weekend is on the Dev Tour. Not I've got a a bit of a feeling that the rest of the year, and I think we all have that. It will be them familiar names. We'll see. And there's a bit of a, a dap in the field for the players who are playing weekend after weekend, um, who are appearing in the, the last 16 sort of quarterfinals onwards. Um, I'm just looking though. There's what two Welshmen in the semi-finals, which those are then totally what Dob said in the last one. Um, so Welsh isn't too bad. 
Um, but yeah, there's a bit of a pattern developing, I guess, with the names that we've seen. If you look at the last sits thing across the five days, five or six, maybe even a few more of those, which I'm pretty uh, familiar if you're just looking at the dev tour. Yeah, also, big shout out to Sean in the chat room. He says, I'm here last 16 on my first ever, ever development tour. Congratulations, buddy, and pleasure to have you in the chat room. Um, just out of interest, as you're a player and it's your first ever dev tour, I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit. Are you happy to play against the big boys? Or do you not think they should be there as a player that has made their debut? We're going to chat about it later on. But and it's interesting to see from a player's point of view what, what they think. Um, but that was event <laughs> number three. Um, Josh Rock. Throwing, um, throwing someone under the bus who's just come into our chat room, potentially for the first time, and you throw them under the bus straight away, Mr. Bars, unlike you, mate. Um, event number four. This time we've got a Dutch flag, and he beat or he stopped Josh Rock doing... The, the double on this the Saturday, but Kevin Doet, Doet, however you want to pronounce it, I get fed up of trying. Yeah, so many ones. Um, God, but when I look at this quarterfinal onwards, Jared Cole, Bradley Brooks, Louis Williams, Kevin Doet, Nils Onoval, Josh Rock, Keen Barry, Nathan Gervin, although not all of them have tour cards, that is a very experienced dev tour quarter-final lineup. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot more to say about that. They are... If you ask a casual Dart fan to have a look at the development tour and tell you what names they recognise, they're going to pick five or six of those, aren't they? That They're going to be the ones that they know of. The ones that they see in regular action in the World Championships or as a card holder on the Pro Tour... World Youth Championship, etc. That is a pretty stacked field. Yeah, it is. It, let's not beat around the bush. We've got um, Jared Cole beating Bradley Brooks with a 93 and a half average. Kevin Dewitt's averaging a ton. Louis Williams, 94. There's some amazing averages. Josh Rock, 90, full bar, 94. Then moving into the semi final, Nathan Gervin has lost with 102 average. Um, to, to Josh Rock, and then, then in the final, boy, see, we've got 95 and 93 averages. The standard on the, the dev tour is literally insane right now. Yeah, I'm just looking at like Louis, Louis Williams, he's run from 32, average 90, 105, and then knocked out with a 94 average. It, the standard is just ridiculous from a development tour. As I know, Sean's now responded saying, Yeah, it's it's still rather than being there. It's just very difficult to start dap and that. It's back to that sort of A-dame of these players. If people like Louis Williams, um, Team Barry, Josh Roth are on their A-dame, there's such a gap between them and some of uh, and a lot of the rest of the field. And that's not being disrespectful to the, the rest. It's just the experience that these have had on the main stage, the experience they've had of these weekend tournaments, playing two, three tournaments in one weekend. You know, these are now up to five. In one weekend, it's just the experience Peter, that right, Last week, and now a 16 year old that's in their first tournament this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's not just those, it's 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 that on top of the experience of being in a last led decider, they've been on that many times in on these sort of PDC stages. It's just the experience that the youngsters have dented some of the others. 
We ain't gone into that debate just yet, but you know where I'm going with it. I'm see them anyway. <laughs> We're holding yeah. it back as long as we can. Um, <laughs> so the final one, DevTor number five, Josh Rock picked up his second title of the weekend, defeating Nathan Gervin in the final. But again, you look at this from the quarterfinals onwards. The, there's a couple in there we don't know, but Kevin Dewitz, um, Nathan Gervin, Josh Rock, Bradley Brooks, Fabian Schmutzler, Owen Roloffs are the recognisable names. Yes, they've been gate crashed um, in there, God. But again, the standard from this point onwards is is just insane. Yeah, and we're obviously looking at this in a clip of what's going on for that day. If you look back at these players, their performance, all that, they're just not faltering. You're not getting very many opportunities against them early on. You might get the odd game where they average mid seventies or something, but that's their B game. That's because these guys are playing week in, week out. Fantastic to see Schmutzler finally get to a last 16. Obviously, he joined the European Development Tour last year. Um, as soon as he turned 16, managed to get yeah. his way into um, the World Championships. Um, looks at a superb talent. Obviously, that's the first time I think we've seen him go this deep all weekend, though. Um, so perhaps that's a little bit disappointing from him. But like I said, this this field is just so stacked constantly. You're going to run into one of these big boys early on. I haven't seen Gert Nenchez in the last eight in any of these events from memory. And the man averaged 110 at one point over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, 110. Just, and I appreciate his short well, well, format. 110. That's two points better than anything Gerwin Price managed the other night. And we've just sat here saying about how it's one of the best performances we've ever seen. Yeah. Just just um, one thing to, to add on to that, though. That, that, um, 120. 120, five, sorry. The, the wasn't 110. Of, Someone else averaged 110 later. 120. The one on... Um, the performance on Sunday, what I, I want to make sure we don't do is take away... The players who have done and won these weekends, they're still difficult to win. We are we are having that sort of debate around should they be in there. There's still a big number of, of players in there who are either tour tard holders, previous tour tard holders. There's those around it. But the win on Sunday from Josh Roth, there's, there's some very, very impressive wins to that, that to pick up that title on Sunday. He's beat some even from the opening round to, to draw Teal and Tate and then the lost 64 having Louis Williams. It's a very, very tough run that Josh Rock's done through and deserves a lot of credit because these players that we you know, we are debating should they or shouldn't they be playing it, they can play in it, they're going there and they're putting in performances like that. So a lot of credit must go to the youngsters for getting that experience and, and winning these events or going deeper into these events. So after the opening weekend, Josh Rock sat there on a cool five grand's worth of prize money. It's two grand for winning an event. Um grand for second place um i'm guessing is it five for semi-finalists i'm, I'm just going off what yeah 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 um jim says 25 pound entry for the development tour event challenge tour is 50 grand but the same prize money it's a good point mate to be fair very good point um, so doesn't seem right. No, uh, but let's go. Let's go through. Josh Rock five grand. Bradley Brooks in second. Kevin Dirtz in 
third, Keen Barry or Barry Keane in four, Nathan Gerben five, Connor Heenahan six, Lou Williams seven, Jared Cole eight. Um, Jürgen van der Veel is in ninth, Chris Holt ten. Good weekend for him. Um, Nathan Rafferty in 11th um, and so on. Can't put it off any longer. It's going to get the chat room interested. Gob, you, um, you, you stirred up Twitter as well. Evening, John. Hope you are good, buddy. Now, there's a whole separate argument here. Now, but before we go into it, this isn't the players' fault. We are not blaming the players for turning up and winning. They're allowed to play, but it's another can of worms. Should they be allowed to play? There's an argument that once you've got a tour card, you're developed. Or certainly, once you get to a certain part of the tour, you are massively developed. We've seen players play in the Grand Slam of darts. Um, Bradley Brooks, was it a dart away from beating Gerwin Price in Wolverhampton? Um, God, over to you, because you're, you're, you're the one that started it. So you can start us off um, on, on here. I didn't do anything. I don't. Know, I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're implying, mate. I just. Yes, you did. <laughs> look, look, I think. I think Phil summed that up perfectly from my point of view. The minute you have a tour card, you're developed. You are part of the elite. You are in the PDC's eyes one of the best 128 dart players in the world. Your age is irrelevant. Your experience before that is irrelevant. And. and Look, Marcus makes a point. It should be called the youth tour, not the development tour. It was in the past, and they changed it to the development tour. The minute you make that change and rename it as development, you're implying that winning isn't the ultimate aim of it. It's not about your tour card holders going in and picking up five grand prize money in your opening weekend despite me playing three events. There is a significant golfing ability for the target that I think the development tour initially existed for. And those 16 to 23-year-olds that average 65, 75, 85 that can be competitive, then you're 95-plus tour card holders. Yeah, look, if it was just the youth tour, I don't think there's as much of an argument. But I agree. When they changed it to the development tour, in, in brackets, to develop young talent, let them play, let them flourish. I'm I'm kind of with you here. If it was just the youth sort and it was just capped at whatever age, job done, get on with it, then, then there's no real there's no argument. But yeah. I've got the thing is, I've got no issue with the World Youth Championship because that is an age restricted event. It, it's not what youth by the UN is determined as a person age 16 to, to 23, 24, whatever it is. Fine. That that's all about ability. That one is about winning a title and being the best player in that age bracket in the world. That's not what a development tour is. That's not what a development tour should be about. And and Dob, just on, on that and the point that Andrew's made in the, the chat, the top 32 players are excluded from the dev tour. So Talon Reed's time play this year. So are the PDC then determining that you are only a fully developed player once you're in the top 32? 
doesn't matter what age you are. It, it, for me, it just doesn't sit right at all. If that's the case, the fact like, that, top 32 the, fact that the fact that we, we talked before about yeah. We talked before around the ranting money being weighted to one side. Talon Ridston just have two outstanding world championships. A very disappointing year throughout those two world championships, being the top 32. So his performances are not there to the other people who's, who could be number 33. And then he's still time playing. It doesn't, doesn't, for me, fit right. The rules that are applied across the board, I don't think they should. I, I made um, a similar comment, I guess, as what you was alluded to from someone that May said on Sunday, I think it was in response to Jared Toll, that for me, the rules should apply across the board. It's not just youth, the overlapping with the, the women's as well, that we saw Lisa playing both events. So we had Lisa being able to qualify for World Championships for Grand Slam through the Pro Tour, but she also had the opportunity to qualify through the World Series. We've got a similar with the youth that can qualify for certain things by finishing first on the order of merit, but then actually... You can also got the opportunity to qualify for it in the Pro Tour. So you've got more than one opportunity that doesn't seem fair to me. This is this is part of my my issue is, is the backdoor in it again into ranked events. So if you've got a tour card, they should be shutting these down. That Okay, same with the Ladies Series. Uh, I said it about Lisa. Um, we've said it about Devon before as, as well doing it, that if you qualify for a ranking event through an associated tour when you're a tour card holder, that money shouldn't go on your rankings. Like they did with Duzza for the Grand Slam. When, when he was a BDO representative, it was quite clear that that money didn't go on his rankings. And, and I think it, it should be that if they want to, if they're not going to change it and the tour card holders can play in these associated tours, then the money should not be going on their main order of merit rankings if they qualify in that manner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not against that. I've that. also seen suggestions where tour card holders get their first year on tour, allowed to play development tour, but after that, no matter where they're ranked, they come off the development tour, which I don't mind. As a con- it's definitely an improvement on what it is at the minute. Um, and I, I, I guess one one thing that very interesting is we've seen Sean give uh, his opinion saying um, if in tour tide holders are playing, Matty's now saying that he was at the Dev Tour this weekend and he played a tour tide holder. Be interesting to that uh, a player's opinion on this and not just the obviously the players. If you're able to, like a Josh Roth, you're going to come and play in these tournaments. Why wouldn't you? But it'd be interesting to that an opinion from the rest of the field. Because I know we we don't off the base of two players who have played this weekend, but just feel to see how that would work. I understand it will help um, people like Matty and Sean who have mentioned it and being like Sean's first weekend to play these players. But when you then when it could be dependent on you qualifying for an event, depending on how well you are up the rankings, just doesn't feel quite fair. Or I don't know maybe if they are they are able to play, but their prize money doesn't go on their development ranking so you have a separate sort of one but once then well is that right the, 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 the scenario is look at look and this isn't against brad because it's just the, the situation that happened that he went into the worlds fighting for his tour card on one front knowing he had the backup of having a two-year tour card sat there because he finished top of the 
the, the order of merit. Now, there's just something about that that doesn't sit right with me at all. No. Look, it's not Brad. Say I'm from a country that darts is a new sport to. Say I'm from the Middle East, etc. Never heard of or seen darts, but I'm 30 years old. I pick it up, start playing to a half-decent level, and by the time I'm 33, 34, I give Q score a go and get through it. Where, where's my safety net? Where, where's the safety net for those that find the sport a little bit later? Mace makes a great point. Yeah. Talk hard winners should make a choice, either stay development if you're not ready or go on the main tour. And, and I 100% agree. I, I don't agree with the notion that you can sneak through Q score with a good couple of days. Not anymore. Previously, perhaps, maybe. Maybe there's more sway in that argument, but not now the format's changed. Not now that's ready. Not now we've seen just how competitive and how solid you have to be over those four days. If you can produce that over four days, you're ready to go and compete with the big boys. I, I agree. I'm I'm in the notion of once you've got that card, you are part of the, the one two eight, you are part of the elite in the PDC's eyes. You have got in Barry's words, you have got that golden ticket for two years. Yeah. So yeah, I, look, I don't, I don't really I'm, get I'm, what else I don't really get what else there is above that for you to still need develop it. You're a professional. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, if you're I, I not good enough to go and beat the world number 16, then go and practice a bit more and do what the world number 16 has to do. Play in local events, practice harder at home, find a practice partner, and then go ready and go and compete against them again. This um, certainly stirred up the chat room. I like this. This is good. Chat room is absolutely on fire. Um, and it, 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 It's by no means a digger any of the players that are eligible to do it. Like, oh, fair play. Of course. They're earning from oh, it. Yeah. Josh Rock has made an awful lot of money. And the fact the fact he's had four goes on the Pro Tour already, not won a game, and, and not picked up any ranking money from that, has, has been incredibly harsh on him because he's got the third best average and the role in Pro Tour year today. He's eighth in first nine average, and his doubling isn't that far behind. Either he just ran into four very, very good games. But they're the ones he has to learn from and decide if he's ready or not. And it's harsh using Josh as an example, but because he's been so dominant in the three events that he played in and is currently number one and is making the waves in, in the Pro Tour with the averages and performances that he is, not quite results yet, but people are definitely paying attention to Josh Rock right now. Well, and it's harsh that it sounds like we're thinking about, but we're not. Yeah, all, all, all four of the winners were all tour card holders. As may it's not <clears> it's <throat> not a coincidence. Hey. How does the rule apply if you if you finish top of the Dev Tour and then you lose your if you've been on the tour for two years but then you are about to lose your tour card but you then finish top of the Dev Tour yeah, at the end of those two years? Do you yeah, then lose two, two years? years? That's what Bradley Brooks did this 13. year. He, he lost his yes. oh, yeah, tour card from, from, yeah, yeah. from the Order of Merit because if he'd have kept it, if he'd have won, he had to beat Willie Borland. If he'd have beaten Willie yes. Borland. He would have kept his card and then Nathan Rafferty yes. would have got the two-year tour card and wouldn't have had to go to Q school. So he was literally in the biggest free hit you'll, you'll, you'll ever see. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, no, Andrew, I agree they've come through. But I was moaning when especially Luke and Dimitri were allowed to plan the Dev Tour far, far too long. Yeah. And, and Ted, uh, same, same yeah. with Ted as well. Yeah, that's, I, I said it Jimmy, back then. But... Jeffrey Desvan. 
And even yeah. going back to MVG and the, and the like, and admittedly, when MVG was playing on a development tour, it was much smaller, didn't quite have the reach that it does now, right? There's ridiculous numbers on there, ridiculous amount of players on there, ridiculous talents on there now. But everyone's going, oh, it made those players whilst they're able to play on the tour at the same time. Yeah, the unfairness of other people on the tour as well. It goes both ways. Why are they getting extra practice sessions provided by the PDC? Because they're younger than me. Yeah. Look, it's certainly an interesting one that is, um, it's never going to get settled, but it's certainly an interesting argument. Um, also, right, where are we? This week end, I think it's this one first. The UK Open field was settled. Have I got the right one up? Yes, right one came up first. We have our <laughs> Riley's qualifiers. And there's there's another question to come off this in a minute, which again is going to get the, the, the chat room um, interested. Um, but there we have it. Our Riley's qualifiers for this year's UK Open. Some big names on there, Boise. And when it says Riley amateur qualifiers and I see names like Yella Klassen, Kaifan Young, Diogo Portella, the, the list goes on. Are they really amateurs? Where's Jim the plumber or Bob um, the chippy? Uh, the developing of this. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, for me, for me, they are. <laughs> for me, they are. It's hard to argue on the one way uh, as we're talking around the dev tour now and then coming for people who have dropped off the off the tour as soon as you drop out of that one to eight you are and classed as an amateur so i believe it's only right that you are given the opportunities to be near um we had concerns on the first weekend when we saw the first three names come through that it may be a field of former pro tour holders and not your standard you know you sort of plumber painter those sort of storylines that are coming through but there's certainly a lot come through now but for me the i'm fine without the Riley's qualifiers i was just happy to see that obviously we had a year without it last year and um, but to see that come back and to see some names on here that personally i'm not i haven't heard for i'm not sure if yourself and i've but there's certainly a few names on here that i'm intrigued to see because i've not seen them in pdc events before um i don't think the other class would take too timely to being told an amateur but He's entered it, he's qualified and wants them fair play for him for doing and getting a qualification into a UK Open and potentially to have a good run. Yeah, I'm just um May says I will bring in this up in the chat in our open chat with Jackie. Yeah, look, I'm just I wanna see Barry Lynn, the bin man, as he was then guess- it was wrong. Rob the electrician. Yeah, just just to flip it then, if you if you wasn't to see these sort of names, how would you then build that criteria? Because at the moment it's just if you're not in the one to eight, you don't qualify us. Right. I I I look at it and it says amateur. I'm I'm just looking at at these names right now. Yellow Classen is still a professional dart player. All he does is play darts for a living. He is not an amateur. Not as well as he used to play, but yeah, he's still does. Diego Portella plays darts for a living. Yeah, but but what it what is the criteria then? Unemployed, he's still in. 
not unemployed, you're not. I don't know, I don't know where you'd build that criteria in on a serious note. I don't know what you would build in to, to stop that. Is it that you've been on the Pro Tour and you've not been on it for so many years, then you can re-enter it then? I'm not sure how you can, how you can stop that. Yeah, no, look, Henry, Anybody I agree. So it shows how good... Yeah, look, it, 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 it shows how good the standard is in darts. I completely agree. But then, for me, they're just not amateurs. The thing is, when in the past, at... when it was just... When there was UK Open qualifiers as Pro Tour events, you can sort of see this as well. But you would have thought now, we're at the point where... Your challenge tour players get spots, your dev tour players get spots, your pro tour are all in, etc. You just exclude anybody that's played in the PDC then. They played last year, or they've been to Q school, or they have played on the dev tour, challenge tour, or pro tour this year. They shouldn't be allowed to enter an amateur qualifier. That, that, that that's not a bad one for me. If you if you've gone to Q school or you played in the PDC the year before, it, it kind of eliminates that. Because again, it's another backdoor entry, isn't it? Because you've had an opportunity to qualify for this by playing on the Challenge Tour, by playing on the Development Tour, by going to, to Q School. Yeah. An mm. awful lot of these are second or third chances for these players. It's actually a quite good idea you've had for a change, stop. I'm not... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm very, very excited to see the likes of Danny Lauby play on a PDC TV event. But he shouldn't be given this opportunity. Not not in this manner. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm hoping Adam Warner gets a TV spot. I 100% don't think it will happen. He'll be on an outside board, but he is a little shithouse. I say literally <laughs> six for three, but he is a shithouse and he is going to wind his opponent up something rotten. Yeah, look, it, it, it's an interesting scenario. It, it, it really is. Um, also, the field... Uh, that one there. The list of the people that qualified. Obviously, all 128 tour card holders are available. One isn't going, which is Mikhail Unterbuchner. So there will be one buy in the draw. Unterbuchner is not going for personal reasons. Um, but off the UK development tour, Keelan Kay, Don Taylor, Reese Colley, and Liam Meek. Um, European dev tour, Fabian Schmelzler, uh, Sebastian Bilalecki, um, Jürgen Van der Ville, and Nico Springer. UK challenge tour, Shawnee Mack, uh, Martin Thomas, Darren Beveridge, Reese Robinson, and the, U U U the EU dev tour, Tony Elsenas. Kenny Neons, Wesley Placia, and Lucas Vanek are your spots. It's an interesting mix. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you've mentioned there that one person's got a boy. I don't think anyone will want it. I don't think you'll want to be going into potentially playing someone in the second round and they after they've just played. Um, I don't think anyone will want that, especially with the prize money not coming in. Is it till the second, maybe third round? Uh, last Go night, is it? Is it? Third round. So um, I don't think anyone yeah. will want that. And I think people are looking at that draw and wanting to avoid the boy, which is very, very weird. But yeah, I don't think anyone will want that one. 
yeah, I, I agree. Um, some, some interesting names there. Looking forward to seeing Darren Bradbridge and Shawnee Mack as well. Martin Thomas this time last year was flying, maybe not in the best of form right now. Um, either uh, Henry says for me, instead of a buy, should put an extra player from the challenge to order of merit. I, I don't disagree. Um, look, it's not as if he's pulled out the week before. There's long enough to sort out another spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, would, it would have to be from the challenge tour as well. I don't know how else to do it further. Yeah. I want that one next. Um... If you've ever played at Bolton, you'll know why they wouldn't want it bad. <laughs> no, look, but I did love last year having the UK Open all in one arena. I know there was no fans and whatever, but it's just damn mint having them all in one bit. You can see everything at once, and I'm all for it. Scrap buttons, yeah. just because it makes an absolute truckload of money. Scrap it. <laughs> if there was a way to get to the buttons in less than 14 million hours, then it would be perfect. All right, Peter, right? It's just a track. I'm not even going. I'm not even going and I'm going about the journey. My friend texted me and they're going, are you going? I was like, no, it's an absolute ball ache to get to and it's easier for me to do what I need to for OD from home. And he goes, what do you mean it's a nightmare to get to? I was like, well, it's all right until you hit Exeter. Portland. Yeah. If if you're coming from Leicester... Or Nottingham, and you hit Exeter. You've taken the wrong. You've gone the wrong way. He's coming from Oxford. You've still gone the wrong way. Maybe. If you get to Exeter from Oxford, you've taken the wrong turn. I've only ever been by Exeter, to be fair. No, I haven't. Yeah, no. Um, once by Exeter, once not. Right. Well, then that's twice. Also, the European Tour returns, boys, this weekend. We have finally got ET3, I mean, one, going on. (laughs) Last year, we only had two of them and it took forever, but it's there. I can't wait, boys. Are we looking forward to it? Uh, Again, not looking forward to the travel and I'm not even doing it. And to be fair, yeah, Lisa yeah. is not a nice place to get to. Do you, do you normally go by first, Dob, when you go here, or is that just for my name? Yeah, wherever I want, mate. Just trying to find the relevant information. There it is there. The International Darts <laughs> Open. Um, we still haven't got the host nation qualifiers as of yet and we've still got according to this an associated members qualified i don't know is that right there's a space there's a dot there missing or is there any one that's the dot that shouldn't be there pass i know there's a load of pcc um, nordic should be over the, the weekend not to crew what any of them related to or anything it was just one of them i just didn't have time to keep up with yeah there should be another qualifier there's normally the associate host nation, Nordic Baltic, and East European. There's normally eight from there, and there's only three qualified currently. So there is another one where it's an associate member or a, another host nation qualifier. There's certainly five more names to be added to the list. 
Just give it to Max Hop. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the highest ranked Max Hop. Um, but Joe Cullen is the number one seed. Jose de Souza, number two. Peter Wright, three. MVG, four. Price, five. Um, Michael Smith, six. Johnny, seven. James, eight. Devon, nine. Christoph Ratajski, 10. Dirk Van Dijvenbode, 11. Damon Hetter, 12. Dane at 13. Brendan Dolan, 14. Mentor Sudovic, 15. And Nathan Aspinall, 16. But remember, this is rolled over from ET3 last year. This isn't the current seedings. This is done off of when it was meant to have been last year. Yeah, I don't want to preempt anything, but just looking at those seedings and a potential quarterfinal between MVG and Derwin Price after what we saw last Thursday. Looks nice yeah. already, doesn't it? <laughs> Look, that's a tasty part of the draw, by the way. Danny Noppa had a very, yeah. very decent year last year. Damon Hatter looked solid on the Pro Tour earlier this week as well. It's a nice part of the draw. Yeah, oh, completely. Um, look, I'm interested to see Nathan Aspinall back for the first time. Um, how the injury is. We, we, we saw the pictures of him um, playing. He said, Nathan says, is Nathan playing? I, I presume so, because I would have thought we'd have heard by now if he wasn't, because the players are probably setting off tomorrow to get there in time. It, if he's been back on the practice board, it'd be strange for him not to with the UK Open just a week away, and it's the last sort of practice for it. So I think with the UK Open next week, I think he will play to see how it is under pressure. Because like, like in any sport, it's all right throwing, <clears> doing stuff at home. If you're a boxer hitting the pads at home, if you're having a practice at home, but there's nothing like getting punched in the face or someone calling game on. So I think this is a real, I think this is a test for Aspinall ahead of the UK Open, Gob. Yeah. I mean, nothing said that more than watching the seniors of the week, didn't it? There is absolutely yeah. no substitute for match practice. Oh, completely. Look, we, 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 we saw that. So I'm, I'm interested in in that. Out of the, the tour card holder qualifiers, Kim Hybrex playing very, very well. Um, Kim Rob who Ross. else? Martin Lukeman as well. Right now, you wouldn't want to play play him particularly. Kim Barry, because he's getting lots of practice in. Lee Williams. <laughs> Same applies. <laughs> Adam Cowalice. <laughs> um, no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Third, um, Friday afternoon, the first session will get underway. Um, 25 grand on offer in ranking money. And we keep saying it. The switch could happen. At yes. the top of the order of merit, we, look, we, we all know it is going to happen. It's just a case of when it happens. Is it when guaranteed to happen? happen? Well, unless Price defends everything, yeah. If Price wins this weekend and wins the UK Open. Does it happen? Does it depend on rights runs in those two events? So Price can still win both, but I'm guessing if Peter Wright goes deep, Wright can right. still jump. So, God, this year in comparison, 
Peter Wright is only defending 270 grand, which is 22% of all his money. I'm not denying the defence part of it and how much they've got to defend, but is there a week where 100% Gerwin Price loses prize money before he has the chance to defend it at that moment and Peter Wright becomes one one without picking up a dart? I don't know, but I'll tell you when I think it might happen is the Pro Tour Gerwin Price is having off to go boxing. Yeah, that's not a deal when you're defending being world number one, is it? Um, <laughs> he's, he's obviously defending then. So. Um, just trying to have a look now. So, what's Price defending? See, it's hard to gauge because. So this is ET1. Right, so ET1 in 2020, Gezi won. So already he's defending 25 grand this weekend. And then Wright is defending ET... Price is only defending six and a half grand the ET one. Right. Yeah, right is. Yeah. So with that in mind. A runner-up won't be enough. If Peter Wright, if Peter Wright wins this weekend, he will be world number one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to look at it the other way. Like, is there a moment where we've seen in the past where Euro tours don't match up on the same weekend, sort of thing? So you lose yeah. the money one week, and the next week you get the chance to go and defend it, yeah, and yeah. more money drops off. So, like, is there a yeah. chance it just happens well, without them having? If Derwin Price doesn't win it, even if he comes on a up, he loses 15. So there's a chance that Peter Wright can, can dull world number one without Price winning it. Because he's only defending six, where Price is defending 25. Yeah. So that's that. Also, God, we'll do some seniors news now which you can talk about there's a there's a very interesting vote going on right now there is there is i can't i can't say too much about where everything sits at the minute but there are seven players currently under a fans vote closes tomorrow night at 7 p.m mason the chat room is one of those uh in contention to play at the world seniors masters um if you haven't done so already make sure you go over towards seniors uh social media find the link and vote uh, like i said it closes 7 p.m tomorrow so this time tomorrow night we will know who the last spot of invite or the player that gets an invite shall i say the player can still turn it down obviously um but yeah we will know who will be receiving that invite at the lake side yes 
Um, so that is that. That'll be interesting. Qualifiers as well coming up. If you are over 50, God, get, get your entries in. Qualif uh, open series first. We're off to Newbury first for the open series, um, which is effectively a pro tour. It's, it's a floor event, um, just a chance to, to play more darts. And then we'll be going to Reading for the qualifier, and that will complete the field. An extra spot for qualifiers for this event as well. The first um, World Championship qualifier only had two spots. This time we'll get two winners, uh, one per day, and then the third, the next player on the order of merit as well will qualify as well. So more and more spots opening up for qualifiers as well. Yeah, it, the, the, the scene is really, really taken off. I know we, we spoke about it um, a little bit last week, but even a couple of weeks on, the buzz around it on social media is still unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was the issues that we that there were with production that, that tampered it or tarnished it just that little bit for the opening event, but everything else since has been pretty good. I think the fact that Phil Taylor didn't absolutely walk away with it means it's that much more intriguing for everybody else. Robert Thornton was superb all weekend, but then we've seen um, a lot of the field in the live league. Uh, we see Wolfie, we saw uh, Kevin Painter, we saw Gary Robson, who's a tour card holder. He was at the qualifier previously. Um, and there's a few more involved this week as well. Other players... Uh, they're into contention. Lisa Ashton, uh, Thornton's back in this week. Uh, Jim McEwen, he was in the chat room earlier as well. He'll be back in this weekend. He's another tour card holder, so he was at the qualifier. Um, I think people are noticing the over 50s pretty much everywhere now. Yeah. Um, question for, for you, Gob, here as well. Will the Open Series be streamed? I don't believe so. Um, I think that one is down to cost because streaming is, is not cheap. Um, and this year for the Open Series, the, the main goal is to just get it off the ground, make sure there's enough players there and, and make sure that part of it is sustainable. I think if anything's going to be streamed, it's more likely to be the qualifier at Reading again because we've already been to that venue. Uh, we've had a setup there and we know what can and can't be done there. Um, so, yeah, I think... Redden is more likely to be streamed than, than Newbury. Fair one. Um, speaking of the live league, May says he's missing Newbury because he's on live league duty. How good was the live league last week? That Martin Adams, Kevin Painter game. Oh my word, I've clipped it up. It is on our YouTube channel if you just want to watch it on its own. Unreal, boys. It just, it just, it just probably goes to show, as Dog was talking about. Obviously, we've felt I'm not running around with the seniors, and a lot of the talk still being about it. One of the the main things and the question marks going into the seniors was the standard, and we wasn't sure between us, between everyone, we wasn't sure what standard. I think if you want to see a game of what standard that these dice can still produce, just go over to our channel and watch watch that game because it's just unbelievable. The was it. Two elevens, two twelves, and four leads. Last four leads. It was just ridiculous standard, and it, it was stuff that was shown for us. Even at times when Painter wasn't performing to the level we saw at the seniors, he was still hitting some very, very big numbers. So it shows one what standard the seniors can do, and also 
the the live lead produces some ridiculous names standard wise um and probably back to what emery said if you look at the non-pro tour holders and how they're performing there's certainly the field there is just ridiculous still the, the standard wise is just unreal so this week's live league the 12 players that you will see across the three groups are as follows robert thornton jim McEwen. when i was in the chat room listening Good, good to see you later in the week. Jamie Kelling, Jamie Durrant, Chris Gilliland, Matty Dennon, Rob Collins, Kurt Parry, Colin Osborne, Josh Richardson, Lee Evans, and the four times ladies world champion, the Lancashire Rose herself. Lisa Ashton makes a live league debut tomorrow morning, boys. She does. I'm pretty sure our friend Henry earlier on Twitter stated that Lisa Ashen is 33 to 1 to win this week. Ridiculous. They are very long odds for the Lancashire Rose, who has been playing on the Pro Tour for the last two years. Even if if she doesn't win, that is a ridiculous odds. It is way, way too big. Even if you're just having a casual bet, you'd take that because they've got it priced so wrong. It's, yeah. yeah, looking at the, the list of favourites, you'd expect Lisa to be higher up in that petting order. Maybe not what you performed at the seniors. I, I guess there was question marks on the back of that as we've seen what it's done before, so we expect better. But especially over this, it's not just one game, it's the run across the week. Um, I'll be surprised if Lisa's not in the mix. Um. Jamie, I'm not sure this year, but certainly last year, Phil was offered to play um, and couldn't for other commitments and, and that, but he was offered. I know he's off to Germany this weekend to play in a three-day event. Um, so, again, maybe that's some some good some good match practice. But, yeah, look, buzzing to see Lisa Ashton, the seniors champion, Robert Thornton, Jim McEwen, always tough to beat. Chris Gilliland, Corin Osborne, it's another stacked week. On the live league ahead of Champions League, walking these weeks at the minute. <laughs> there was a, there was a time last year when he just looked absolute mustard again, and then just kept getting into ridiculously good standard group. Um, Rob Owen, by the way, was super. Rob Owen's ready for a pro tour again. Yeah, comfortably. The way that he played last week yeah. was superb. It's just sheer consistency in the treble was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Jim's in the chat room. He says, I really hope I stay clear of Lisa this week. Mace says, um, amazing lineup this week. Um, is RVB going to that event in Germany? I, I don't know if I'm being honest, Marcus. I just know that, that Phil is, um, there, but yeah, Mace says they're amazing lineup. Yeah, look, this is this is absolutely unreal. And phase two will be even stacked as well because there were players. That we couldn't use because they'd have a commitment and, and whatever. Look, the live league is going from strength to strength and it's going nowhere. It's just getting better and better when we see players um, like this, like Lisa, jumping in as well. So that is absolutely stacked. Uh, I'm trying to think, have we missed anything else in a week of Bart's boys before we um, let everyone loose in the questions? I don't think so. Barney's posted mm. something very intriguing on his Twitter since we've gone live. 20 past eight. Something happened this weekend, dot, dot, dot. And then it's an image going, we have some very exciting news. Can you guess what it is? 
He got married. I honestly don't have, I honestly don't have a clue. <laughs> my, my former colleagues have sent me a message on the side going, um, as he finally paid off that sofa, which is a running joke on our old show. I've, um, <laughs> Phil, have, have you been invited to his surprise birthday party? And then it might be his wedding. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rachel and Gary, I'm pulled an absolute one there. <laughs> um, ever since Gilliland qualified through the mad system, he has been impressive most weeks in the live league. Yeah, look, he's he's superb. Um, to, to be fair, Mace said he's going to play at some point in the live league. Nico is also going to play as well at some point, as well as is they're in the same week. I'm Nico, Mace, and Webby all in the same week. Can, can we get yeah, Nico Mason Webby all in Group B for one night? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, I don't think we've missed anything else out in a week of darts, have we? Done that, cleared that. Obviously, there's no Premier League to preview this week because of restrictions in Germany. So if that's the case, whether we're going to have an extended 40 minutes question times, because they always go on longer than planned I, anyway. Phil, I, I think we sh I should have the opportunity to redeem myself and the pair of you should have um, picked for winning the Euro Tour. Euro Tour 3 of 2021. All right, yeah, let's, let's, let's do some Euro Tour picks. We, look, we don't know who's going to play who, so this could be a bit interesting, but we know where the seeds are. Yeah, going before the draw. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. We, we've never we've never normally been good when we've got the draw, so, you know, this might be somewhat different. Right. Um, I am going to go... Michael Van Gerwen to beat Johnny Clayton in the final. Just off the seedings. Because I can see where they're in different halves. So I've got a guaranteed chance. <laughs> Weirdly, Michael Smith's in the bottom half and MVG's in the top half. So it is a different final than they expected, filters, though. <laughs> um... I think that opening allows Joe Tullen to play himself into this weekend and the form he's been in in uh, 2022. Joe Tullen to play and beat Jose. <laughs> nice reaction, Doc. <laughs> What are you going for then, Gob? Just going off the seats. We don't know where the non-seats are going to be. <laughs> if one of us gets this right, this will be genius. As in the finalists, at least. Hmm. 
Meanwhile, well, God picks. Russia have just invaded Ukraine. It's taken that long. <laughs> They've moved halfway across the country. <laughs> Damon Hatter beats Ryan Searle. Um, Jamie, great question. Does the person, does the size of a person's biceps affect their throwing, for example? Um, I think if you just all of yeah. a sudden beef up, yes. But Price has always been that kind of size anyway, ever since he because he started playing whilst he was playing rugby. But it's interesting it, that he was. Any 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 adjustment to your body is going to cause a difference in your throw because of your muscle memory. So if you're going to change the shape, it size of your arm or your body, etc. You need to do it more gradually. You look at players that have lost massive amount of weight in a short space of time. Mark McGinney, John Henderson, etc. Their throws have really struggled after that. If you're going to do it, you have to do it gradually and you have to, to keep those small memories there. Yeah. Um, interesting what Gezi was talking about in Belfast, though, about how getting back in the gym and training has helped him on the hockey massively. Really, really interesting listening to him talk, just being about feeling better. He's not so sluggish in himself and everything like that. That was a real interesting... Oh, to be fair, I forgot to play the Gezi clip. Should we play that? Very organised consecutive show, Phil. Well, you know... <laughs> what we do jamie that's not true just have a better conversation with one yeah i wanted another one i said to james in the back room i said i'm gonna have two against you and he's like no you're not you're not gonna get another one and then when i got the one i was like yeah i can do it again like but uh, i mean the, the first one when i drop a dart on the floor and then every time i drop a dart it seems to go into treble so i was like yeah i've got a chance and then it went in but not, not only that, it's just nice to play well, be back to myself, and I'm feeling good in myself, and I'm playing well. I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I'm back to playing my best, and you know, even though I could have lost two games today, thankfully I came through them, but yeah, they need to be playing like that all the time now to beat me, because now I've, well, like you said, brushed those cobwebs off. I'm, I'm hopefully going to be playing like that every week. Worrying. Worrying for the rest of them if he does. It's not sustainable at that level. <laughs> no, clearly. Even even Taylor and MVG in their primes can could not do that for a month or two months on end. They could do special things in between that, but they they can't play at the same level that Price managed for that entire night and all of Sunday as well. By the way, he's like eight games and nine games in a row of a hundred plus average. Yeah. Um, Barry says, uh, "Are dark players drug tested?" Uh, yes, they are. Yeah. Um, they're part of the UK doping organization or whatever it is, whatever it's called. Um, and the testers randomly turn up at events at any given time. Um, they want a really interesting one from a world championship. Adrian Lewis was still at Ali Pali at three in the morning because he couldn't pee. Before, Not just he wanted um, a party anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, the, 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 the testers turn up at any given time as it's been shown before. Um, don't, don't want to dive into it too much, but two players in particular in Richie Burnett and Kevin McDyne have served drug bans. So the, the, the testers are, are there and it, and it works. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Uh, Jamie says, silly question, but I don't think it is a silly question at all. What happens if Gerwin Price breaks his hand in a boxing match? Then he's going to be out of action for six, six to eight weeks. Um, you'd like then to think look that... this, then have to go back again. Yeah. Then yeah. he will um, no longer be world number one. Confirm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I. <laughs> I, I like I like the fact what he's doing it for in terms of the, the charity and everything like that. I just don't think the timing of it is particularly great in between two pro tours and a Premier League. Well, that's the thing, he's mid-Premier League campaign. A Premier League campaign that's actually going well. Yeah, to be fair, Mason's got a point as well. It, with 16-ounce gloves on, there's enough padding in there that you are unlikely to do damage. Is he only training in gloves as well, though? Yeah, it was, you you because it's like a white collar thing. But yeah, I would have, it would all be yeah. But look, things could still happen, but it's it, it's yeah. a risk. Yeah. Or for argument's sake, you can you can pop your pop your collarbone or, or dislocate your shoulder whilst you're throwing punches or something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's an unnecessary, unnecessary risk at this time. I agree with you on that. It's fair play for him for doing it. Just a strange time for him to do it when there's other opportunities in the calendar. Uh, missing four or five weeks that have an impact on playoff spots and stuff like that in the Premier League. So, very strange. Especially with his current earnings as well. Like, I, I appreciate the yeah. gesture of doing something nice for charity. But he could do it as a write-off from his earnings and probably do more than what he will earn as donations. Um, Andrew says, does Jesse <laughs> have a slightly, slightly cocked um, first finger on his left hand um, from an old rugby injury because it seems to cause him to drop so many darts on the floor? Maybe. Or just, I think he may like, hold them very loose in his hands as well. And they, they they slip out. As anyone that plays, you sort of like roll... Your darts roll down your hand, God, don't they, as you're transferring? Like, you've got one in yeah. your hand, and then as you let it go, dart two rolls down your hand into your fingers. And if it's too too lightly, he might just miss or something like that. Yeah. It, it, could be, it could be a couple of things. Um. <laughs> yeah, quick transfer. Yeah, and anything like that, it's... Um, right, what else have we got? Chris said this, UKDA, that's it. Um, sorry, UCAD, yeah. Um, Sam, can professional dart players smoke weed to calm down? Absolutely not. That is certainly on the banned substance list. Paul <laughs> yes. um, is not. Yeah. Specials are not, are they? So... <laughs> the Dimmy special. Dimmy uh, special. Yeah, I don't the Olympic banned substance list anymore either. So you can get trolled and then go and do 100 meters. Please. Mind <laughs> you, right? Look, 
Everyone goes on about doping at the Olympics all the time. I'm well up for the dirty Olympics. I'm sure someone like Bravo would take it or something like that. Just let them juice themselves to the max and see how fast they can run. It's it's morally questionable, though, isn't it? Because if somebody does themselves harm or damage whilst preparing or under that, it looks like you're That's a, you especially yeah in England. It looks like Tom's Mr. Health and Safety. Dob, Mr. Health and Safety. There is that aspect. Like, don't get me wrong, it'd be absolutely unreal to watch somebody try and run 100 metres in seven seconds. But the problem is, if their head <laughs> blows up at the end of it. That's why you do it in Brazil. It's not really sport to watch somebody run as fast as they can and then collapse at the end of it and have to be resuscitated. Yeah, but it'd be great, wouldn't it? 100 metres in six seconds. Be over a bit quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get it wrong. Someone's just launched a javelin, cleared it, and harpooned someone that's doing the 400 meters by mistake. Phil, is there somebody you're trying to murder? Have you got an issue with somebody? <laughs> <laughs> the last five minutes, I mean, a single one of your ideas result in death for somebody. Oh. <laughs> uh... Uh, is Price on the Happy Hour podcast yet? Is the Happy Hour podcast, is that Jackmate's podcast? It is, yes. It's not been on yet. Um, he's not been on yet, he's but it, 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 it's planned. He is going on there 100%. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I knew he was going on Jackmate's. I didn't know what the podcast was called. But yeah, um, does Dennis Smith still play darts? Yeah, he still plays locally and played in the World Seniors Qualifiers, Gob. He did. I had a good chat with Dennis. Still got the same action. Is it still well, exactly the, the same? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Craig says, with Berlin not on, will the later Premier League dates be effective? No. So what they've done, Craig, is they've just moved it. Look, if you had tickets for Newcastle, you're a little bit gutted because Newcastle becomes a regular night. And then Berlin will be the final on Monday, the 13th of December. I know it's a weird night, but um, December, June. But there is, um, th th there's a reason behind that when the latest amendments to the calendar get put out. And it fits in very, very nicely to travel plans across Europe. Hint, hint. Just, just drop that one. <coughs> If you listen to the interview with Matt Porter, you'll put two and two together and work it out. Get by. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that so yeah, Berlin becomes the, the the final, which which will be decent. Looking forward to that. Remember, drop us a like as well. Only fifty-one likes. You guys can do miles better than that. Um, as we rattle through some questions. Um, God, see the um, WDF going heavy on the social media for their world, which is which is good. I'm not sure what good it's going to do because of the pricing, but it's good to see them making a, a huge effort. Yeah, look, we, we've seen some of the matchups posted over the last few weeks as a, as a more sustained effort. They've released a competition today to win tickets to the final by reminiscing about old finals and, and etc., which I think is a, is a good move as well. Look, the more eyes you get on it earlier, the easier it is to sell tickets to the event. So. 
what it does just purely because of Bob Potter's pricing. Um, but it's good to see them making that that effort to, to try. Yeah. yeah. Um, if Cullen carries on the way he is, he's going to be world number one by 2025. Um, don't know, but... Not for me. Uh, like Daniel, that's just standard. That of course they want full capacity at every event. Um, they weren't going to do Berlin at such a reduced capacity that it didn't make sense. We had that order last year. We can go to Berlin yeah. now. Let, let's use it. Yeah. Yankee Clipper. Yes, I am coming to NYC. Ask. <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm flying out on the monday um found coming to new york um look the, the fact that she was in the original one and then she was very heavily on the promo that the pdc dropped last week I would say it's a, it's a near uncertainty. Yeah. Oh, yep. They still need the... Uh, what's her name? Billie Jean King. There's got to be a, a press-off at some point between those two. Yeah. After making such um, a big deal out of it when it first happened, so... Yeah. Uh, Yankee, yeah, just drop me a message on, on Twitter or whatever. That's not a problem. Um, joke, they still have COVID restrictions. Yeah, look, every country is tackling it differently. Bozza did his job today and just got rid of everything. Good lad. We'll have a, no doubt there'll be a party at Checkers to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, uh, why are the PDC tickets low compared to the Lakeside one? Um, basically, Bob Potter, Bob Potter set the prices for Lakeside, he's fronting all the prize money um, and doesn't want to lose money, wants to make money, if anything. Yeah, he's, I think... He set them. If, if you're comparing a prize by prize on a world championship, they're not too dissimilar in the back end of it, looking at the semi-finals and finals days. However, the quality and the standard... And the PDC built up with it all year round with their ticket prices, as we've seen with events like Grand Prix doing tickets for ten, fifteen pound on certain nights and stuff like that. They are building up to them. The fact that the WDF have just got laid side and have bumped them so high for me is what is ridiculous. PDC have built building up throughout the year to that main event, and especially um, at Ali Pali, you build up there the atmosphere. You did it all. You know, you then with the WDF, it's still a bit unknown. And with the release of what we see on social media of how many tickets have sold, are we around 20%, Phil, 15, 20%? I, I, there was, I saw something on Twitter at the weekend. It was only 15%. It had only gone up a percent in a week. So judging on that, it was going to be 18%, maybe 19 depending by the time the event goes ahead. 
Yeah, but there's just the, I guess there's incentives that PDC do as well throughout the year. There's nights to do for JDC. There's trying that more youth and that involved. It just seems like the WDF have dealt with a bit of a blanket approach and it just doesn't seem to have worked. Um, and I'm not surprised. I won't name the player that's playing at Lakeside because it's not fair on them. But they were saying that the session they're in, you can only buy tickets for the whole day. So to come and watch them play is like 65 odd odd quid when people maybe can't go all day and or don't want to go all day. They only want to go to the session that that, that they're playing in and, and things like that. So they're missing out on, on sales like that. And, and that came from a player that is playing that that they they haven't or their family hasn't bought as many tickets as what they normally would have if they could have bought individual session tickets um and, and things like that and has it been released or do we know how many um players how many people the players are allowed to take with them is it just one you say it was just one don't know, don't know. um i can find out It is a shame so, for, for some for some players who are not who are not going to have that support that we've seen have such a big impact on some of them going on. You'd look back to like Wayne yeah. Warren winning it. His, his family's support was ridiculous the year that he won it. And the fact that we're not going to have the players having that sort of same level of support is um, quite disappointing. Yeah. Good one from Jamie here. So what player's action has changed the most from the first time you saw them to the current day? Oh, good question. There's only one answer for this. Mentors? There's, there, no, there's one that's right up there. Taylor's is right up there. Little. Because the dart used to point down like that. Yeah. With a knitting needle. Um... Gary's has changed a little bit from when you saw him at Lakeside. Yeah. Michael's finger used to be up when when he used to throw. You were um, close for Gary. Pierre Wright. Nope. James Wade. Nope. I was just thinking your favourite player then. Yeah, I thought that. No. Um, trying to... No, 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 no. <laughs> you won't get it. Scrap through current players. There's not too. You won't get it by doing that. Well, so I mean, so it's not current. It's got to be someone older. No, not that either. No, go on then. You were close with Gary because they got the same surname. The change in Kyle's throw from this first World Championship appearance to the last time we saw him in the PDC oh, is the biggest yeah. change you will ever see in a dark player's throw. Yeah, because of the angle it, it went to. From solid, square on to... 
flicking it out and then twisting the wrist. Completely at a right angle at times where it was. Yeah, you, um, won't, you won't see a bigger change in throw. I didn't like that change in his throw either. Did it just kind of happen? Yeah, just through practice. Fair one. No, he still smashed in nine darts with it, so... <laughs> I think he hit more with it, I think, towards the end. But it, it was one of them that his top level became just that little bit better, I think. But um, he was he was less consistent with it. It was one of them that if it's the off, it was really. Well, that that's the thing. Forget who it is. If the dart is got moving angle, your wrist has to correct so, so much, much more work. So much more work to get it straight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, May says Dolan or MVG for me. Yeah, it's weird watching MVG's nine data against Barney with the pointy up Bristow finger. Yeah. Um, Adrian Lewis as well. His throws changed massively over the years. I think that's through um, searching for that original throw as well. I'm not sure any of that was deliberate. I think that was just the injury and over practice and little adjustments so that he couldn't go back to it. Yeah. Um, I think Paul I think Nixon says- last year that made a that made a good point about players only ever going to coaching when they're doing something wrong. And how players need to yeah. when they're playing very, very well, should take a moment to analyse why they're doing things very, very, very well and have little identifiers that if they ever start losing that throw or start drifting away from it, they can go and have a look at and go back to, right, that's it. Because if you start making the little adjustments, I've done it myself and and not to the same level, but you start doing whatever gets the dart to the target in the moment and you go away, you start losing your form a bit. And then by then you're pushing the dart at the wrong angle or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, I'll tell you who, else who has remodelled his throw was Con Osborne. We obviously saw him yeah. in the live league last yeah. year for the first time in a long while, and he'd spent a lot of time. And although look, it didn't happen at Q School, um, it, it, you could see the effort he put in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one Lewis slowed down too much for me. Yeah. As a result of over practice, um, yeah. Um, May says good shout, Phil. Yeah. There's a couple in there about should you change a throw or keep what's most natural. Jamie says, what do you guys think about trying to copy a pro's throw? Never. 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 No. Do what works for you. Yeah. When I'm trying to help people that have never played before, like when I used to be at uni, I used to manage both the pool and darts teams at uni. So we get players that play pool come over and go, I want to play darts, right? How do I throw it or how do I hold it? But they'd already have the darts in their hand. And the best way for me, I think, to start a playoff that's never thrown a dart is not let them have hold of the darts. Tell them to pick it off the table and throw it at the board for three darts. And however they do it, it's how they should throw a dart. And then you can work on the basis of, 
lining it up to the right site place and getting your elbow up and making sure you extend yeah. fully. But other than that, the grip and everything, all that, the little technical stuff, a player can do it just by picking up a dart. Completely. Um, Harry says, what Euro Tour events are you going to, Phil? Uh, not quite sure yet. Um, ones that don't clash with with things like Lady Series and things like that. And that aren't ridiculously to get to. Uh, but definitely going to try and do, do a couple. Well, what do you reckon, boys? Would you like to see a tournament on the quad board? Bring the quad board back for a tournament or not? Mm, I don't know. It's the same as players asking for cricket games and, and more variations. I'm not sure it's all that exciting. Do you not think? Not for me. I'd, I'd like to see one because too many tournaments are samey same. I'd, I'd like to see a quad board one or something like that. No. The problem we're looking well, for something every other weekend is that you just take away from darts as a sport, I think. I, I, for me, if we are going to see something different, like when we talked about cricket and all uh, all the other potentials there, we shouldn't be looking. There should be someone looking to do it outside of a PDC event. There's a lot talked about. Oh, what TV event can we change? Well, there's opportunities away from TV events, away from PDC events, where we could see these firsthand. But I'm not sure. I'm I'm with Dob on this. There's certain formats and stuff I would change within and certain competitions I'd change that I tend to mention most weeks, but not in regards to new sort of games. I like that from Mace. 1001, one leg shootout, yeah. like the snooker shootout. Love that idea. I, I like that. I love the shootout. I love the shootout yeah. idea. Love and the it. next two players should be stood at the end of the walk-on waiting to go. No messing around for five games in a row. The minute the two players walk on, the next two players should be at the end of the walk-on ready to go. So as soon as that doubles hit, game shot, congratulations. They walk off the side of the stage. There's an announcer there. Even the referee can call in the next players. I just go, next two players, bang. Well, but that means you're five if, 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 if they're doing that, if, if they're doing that, I, I think it should be within some sort of randomizer so they're all in the practice room and you don't know who's next on. It's done while you're waiting for the... No, random, random open draw, but I just think randomised from the back of the practice room means there's so much time in between what is meant to be a quick-fire format. We, you, you can, you can randomise the next game while that tournament game's totally being played. Maybe. But the fact that... The fact that the, the two players could then be there at the water, but the for the fan at home and in the, in the arena or wherever it is being played... They wouldn't know the next two players are about to come out. 
there isn't really a lot of places that the PDC could do this, though. It would have to be somebody else. And nobody else has got a talent pool of accessible players to put it on a TV anywhere. Unless you did multi-board and you did a Bolton, that'd be great. Or that Phil back in Bolton where he wants to be. I'm just trying to think. You could do it. The PDC could do it. It would have to be a new event, though. You couldn't turn any of their current events into it. Couldn't do it at a World Series because it's too much to travel everybody God knows how far away. Masters of Setfield, Slam, etc. You should bring back the Champions League and re- reformat it to that. Why, why won't my idea work? Having the next player stood at the end of the walk-on. As soon as two players walk on, it's, it's one leg, a thousand and one. It's not like they're there 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I like it. Um, Harry, um, Reese are probably the Thursday they normally get announced after the Home Nation qualifier, mate. Yeah, we've got to have that first. Um, double start exit open at the cow shed. Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Uh, need 128 tournament. Right, Dutch and Dutch and German PDC open. Uh, Andrew, it could be done on on one board, mate. Yeah, sneak shootouts on one table. Yeah. BDO and how to Northern uh, Cyrus open. The BDO is not dead. <laughs> Still alive. I got a question. Um, Does anybody of note play county darts for Worcestershire? I don't know why. Where's this going? Because I'm refereeing a weekend. I know. It's county back this weekend. Zoe Jones used to play for Worcestershire. Oh. Don't know if she still does, but she used to. That's your neck of the woods, isn't it, Boise? Mm, not quite. My saying TJ? Oh, TJ. Oh. Oh, I'd love to referee Terry. No, no pressure, God, but don't fuck it up. <laughs> Language. <laughs> yeah. So Jones we're, is we're, in we're the top five ladies' averages for their Super League. Oh yeah. They were past the watershed. It's fine. Nora and John are off the Super League teams. Ladies are called virgins. The Virgin Tavern. <laughs> um, interesting. What else have we got? Last couple of minutes then, everyone. 
I tell you what, I've really enjoyed tonight's show. It's been absolutely banging. Uh, Andrew said, Darts on Windows website will have all the UK DA results. You can see there, Gob. Good point. I might have a look in a bit. I've got to work out. I'm getting there first. Is it in Worcestershire then? No, it's in Derby. But it's in Matlock. Oh. It's an absolute trek. And if the weather continues, I had to try and get there through the snow last time and they were cancelling trains and buses and all sorts. Now I've got to do it again. Fair one. And I've got to be there earlier this weekend. When we finish the show, rather than our chat, I'm literally going to be looking at trains as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I saw one. Owen, good one here. Which one would you be more shocked if they moved the venue, the match play or the Worlds? Match play. Uh, match play. I would, but I wouldn't. Anyone that's been to the Winter Gardens, it's not in the best of states. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's got not, like 10, but... 15 years before it's approaching I... Lakeside needs yeah. an upgrade. Yeah, I look, I do. If, the match play, if the match play well, ever left the Winter Gardens, I'd genuinely be devastated. Yeah. Yeah, Mark says need more tournaments. There are open draws every round. Oh, absolutely. Not even open yeah. draws. We need. This has been brought up a number of times. Seedings need to be on the tennis style system, where they where one one to four don't move, but everything else is flexible. Where they fit yeah, in the bracket. That's how it works. Any of one to four and that sort of way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew says anyone's been to Blackpool full stop it's not in the best of states to be fair the Winter Gardens <laughs> is one of the better places <laughs> uh, even, yeah. even the shopping uh, centre seen better days yeah um, Andrew says have you boys got any plans to meet up for an expo or anything like COVID rules have gone uh, yeah we were talking about this the, the other day we are going to try and sort out something now that it's all it's all done it's all dusted we, we will try and sort something out well, it might have been do a Facebook Live Vostok trying to play or something. Yesterday, anyway. Was it was it a pleasure though, you two drinking cocktails? <laughs> yeah, he brought his girlfriend. She's much nicer than he is. Jeff <laughs> was on cocktails. On cocktails, one well, of Mr. Uh, you and Haley were on the cocktails. I stayed firmly on my side, I thank you. Pictures say otherwise, my friend. Pictures never lie. Fruit cider is basically a cocktail. Five percent, and and the line and the line that Phil says all the time: don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. They have a good story, you know. See, look, you've only been in the press room a few times, but you're learning, boy. See, <laughs> so Jack was <laughs> on the top tiles. Um, what else have we got? One of the worst venues, past or present? Oh. I've not been to enough to, to judge that. Um, yeah, this is yours, Phil. To fair, there haven't been that many, to be fair. Most of them work. Location-wise, sack off the City West. 
keep it in Dublin, just move it towards the city centre. Yeah. Risa. No one likes Risa. <laughs> uh, to be fair, in terms of getting there, and Mace will back me up on this one, the venue itself was beautiful. But when they did the European Championships in Gottingen, I think it was called, it was an absolute ball ache to get to. You don't like Aberdeen so. either, do you? You prefer the old one? Yeah, the, I, I, the, don't get me wrong, the new P&J Arena in Aberdeen looks amazing. But the atmosphere was better in the old one, where it was like a bit of a bear pit. It was tight. Uh, oh, the, yeah, the O2 is right up there. The O2 is not a good darts venue. Is the O2 going to be fixed in time? Well, the boxing is still scheduled for there for this Sunday, so. Okay. I, I guess what they'll do is they'll just, anyone that's been to the O2, the fact you can walk pretty much all the way around it, that bit where the um, roof's broken, they'll just probably just fence it off so you can't walk around that far, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Laura, the um the main O2 where the Premier League is, we're talking the actual Indigo I think is better for darts than the main arena. Um but folks, we have hit ten PM. What an I've really enjoyed tonight, boys. It's been good. Yep. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I've been um it, it's been it, it's been absolutely superb to spend the last couple of hours with you and remember the live league returns tomorrow morning 9 p.m on our YouTube channel Lisa Ashton Robert Thornton the headline acts in tomorrow cannot wait for that plenty of content coming your way on the channel as always finalizing our UK open plans. Um, as we speak as well. So it has been absolutely superb. Everyone, give yourselves a huge round of applause. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood and Lee Boyce. Everyone, that is us signing out for now. See you all very, very soon. Uh -huh.